Welcome to the special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This is a series called What Would You Do, where we talk about professional standards, committee cases, and code of ethics violations. Here with me today is Rachel Real from Rachel Real Estate. Hey, Rachel. Good morning, Jen. How are you? I am excited to talk about Article 1 today, yes? Article 1, the catch-all of the Code of Ethics. Is it <laughs> also like the most violated, yeah? Just, uh, no, actually, the most violated would be Article 3, at mm. least at this point in time, which is unauthorized access. Well, you know... But, you know, call me gonna, crazy. We're going to have to give article three, a run for their money today. We will give article three a run for their money. This could actually tie into a little bit to article three also. Okay. So article one, which again is the catch-all of the code of ethics okay. states when representing a buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, or other client as an agent, realtors pledge themselves to protect and promote the interests of their clients. This obligation to the client is primary, but it does not relieve realtors of their obligation to treat all parties honestly. When serving a buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, or other party in a non-agency capacity, realtors remain obligated to treat all parties honestly. So again, this is just, this is kind of, you know, just don't be a jerk, you know, be nice, be professional. You can still be be a a jerk and be be honest. honest. I suppose you could, you know, but I guess I I look at this as kind of like the the golden rule version of the code of ethics, you know, treat others how you want to be treated. I mean, it just does not have to be this hard. So no. what happened? standard of practice 1-16, mm-hmm. which is part of article one. Wait, I'm sorry. Can access- we do a caveat? Yeah. Because last time we um, did this article, it says honestly, but not. Not barely. 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 Right. That's interesting. That was taken out of the code of ethics. I think God, I checked with our administrator at our board. She said, God, it's been over 20 years. Okay, She's been there 20 years and, and it's been long gone since then. Because okay. honestly, I mean, everybody, if it was fair, then all 40 people that offered on one property would get the property, then it would be fair. Right. It can't be fair. It just it just doesn't work with this business. Um, so standard of practice 1-16 says realtors shall not access or use or permit or enable others to access or use listed or managed property on terms or conditions other than those authorized by the owner or seller. Okay. So again, very similar to Article Three, with, with which is unauthorized access. This is right. using a property in a way that a seller advised you you can't use it. Okay. So, this is here is the case interpretation pulled from the Code of Ethics and Arbitration Manual, and we will discuss it. So, are you ready? Tell us what happened. I'm ready. Okay. So, Client A, an Army officer, was transferred to a new duty station and listed his home for sale with Realtor B as the exclusive agent. Okay. He moved to his new station with the understanding that Realtor B, as the listing broker, would obtain a buyer as soon as possible. Okay. Reasonable. Seems. After six weeks, during which no word had come from Realtor B, the client made a weekend visit back to his former community to inspect his property. Okay. He learned that Realtor B had advertised the house, vacant, owner transferred, and found an open sign on the house, but no representative present. Do you see where this might be a problem? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Upon inquiry, client A found out that Realtor B never had a representative at the property, but continually kept an open sign in the yard. What? Client A discovered that the key was kept in a combination box, and when Realtor B received calls from potential purchasers about the property, he simply gave callers the address, advised the key was in the lockbox, gave them the combination, and told them to look through the house by themselves and to call him back if they needed other information or wanted to make an offer. Oh, no. And this is why we have a problem with this industry, right? So client A filed a complaint with the Board of Realtors detailing these facts 
and charging Realtor B with failure to protect and promote a client's interests by leaving client A's property open to vandalism and by not making appropriate efforts to obtain a buyer. Okay. Let's open the floodgates on this one. (laughs) Now, we did have a real estate fight club about... um, something similar, but it wasn't, see this, I think is, I mean, it is a violation because you're just like willy nilly, but there are ones where in order to obtain a code to the property, you have to jump through these hoops. Like you have to verify who you are. The code gets changed regularly. Now, I don't think that that's a violation. And in fact, I think it may be, that could be kind of the future in some ways of properties being looked at like that. Well, it depends on a, it depends that depends on a whole lot of different things. So if you were looking at it as just that, we use a product called a, called a central lock here. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of us use those. On occasion, you'll have a combo box on a property for, for some other reason. But for the most part, central lock is, is who are used, mm-hmm. who are manufacturers are lockbox and who our user agreements are with. Right. User agreements for, for that, for uh, license law, for, for even the code of ethics, when you're talking about this here, you can't give out a code. Yeah, right. It unless doesn't... you have expressed written permission from a seller to do that. But I don't know what seller is going to say, sure, just give out a code to my house and let people go through whenever they want. Right. I, I think don't it, ever see that happening. Yes. It, except that I think it it can in some cases, especially where you have a seller that has a large majority of houses and maybe the houses are for rent or something like that. Well, right. So to your point, like I used to work with a property manager who had a uh, a version of a lockbox on the door where it would take a credit card. And in order to get in, you had to put your credit card in there and it would hold a deposit. Right. And then you would tour the property. It would track who was in there. The only yeah. way you could get in is by having a code that they gave. But that property manager was also the owner of the property. Right. And so the code was probably right changed many times. It was changed for every person. They right. And you tell. would know based on, mm-hmm. right. And you would know based on the, the track record of people who were in and out of that property, who was there last. And right. if somebody walked in and said, Hey, there's the place is trashed. You just right. go back to the last person and that's your yes. person. But that's a very specific use of that. So when we're I talking agree. about residential real estate and showing properties and the expectation that a client has of how you're going to do that as their agent, this would not be that. This is yeah. not what this guy is picturing. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it. Well, let's take a no. short break. Let me tell you about a couple of our partners and then you got it. Then we'll talk about <laughs> that. What the heck is wrong with this guy? <laughs> so there's two partners that I do want to tell you about. Um, the first one is my coach, Coach John Kitchens. Um, and we've gotten many requests of people just trying to figure out, working on their plan, business plan, trying to figure out what's the next level of business for them. Where do they need to go? What is their path? So he created a quick free quiz that you can take at realestatecareeraccelerator.com. You answer a few questions and it helps you get clarity on your path and your next steps. Again, that's realestatecareeraccelerator.com. The other is for many of us, we need leverage. And that is our next step. And so Monica and I use Cyberbacker for our virtual assistant. They help with transaction coordination, um, social media marketing, things like that. So if you go to cyberbacker.com and put Fight Club, you will get a special prize. All right, back to this case. I mean, it feels clear. I'm trying to think, is there any way he wouldn't be in it feels like a violation, a hundred. 
The the only way this guy's not in violation is if he had a written agreement with his seller at the beginning that this of is the, how it's going to be period that says I'm putting a combo box on here. When anyone calls, I'm going to give them a code and I'm going to let them run through your house, eat Fritos on the couch while they watch football, whatever it is. I mean, like yeah, that, whatever that it happened. is, uh, right? So, Realtor B's defense during the hearing mm-hmm. was that his advertising of the property was evidence of his effort to sell it. He stated without being specific that leaving keys to vacant listed property and lockboxes and advert and advising callers to inspect a property on their own was quote common local practice. No, wrong. Also a problem. <laughs> right. The hearing panel concluded that Realtor B was in fact in violation of Article One of the Code of Ethics because he failed to act in a professional manner consistent with his obligations to protect and promote the interests of his client. Right. Are we surprised? <laughs> no, but I do see this. So where this does happen is let's say you have a property that's in pretty bad shape, right? There have mm-hmm. been instances that I've known where buyers have been able to obtain the lockbox from the listing agent and just like go. But I guess Which if, if they're a client, maybe unless their and, client unless, is like that's that fine has that in writing unless they have that in writing from that client that's the only thing that's going to save your butt in this scenario yeah it doesn't make sense that you would just let people come in unless you're like a bank like some kind of big institution for these property like it just i can't right and even the foreclosures in our area um you know are still you know must have an appointment must be represented by your buyer must be we've now resu- resorted to in, in many of our listings now and i'll tell you the the draft i have that i cut and paste into our broker remarks and our showing instructions gets longer by the minute yeah I'm sure. because every time something happens i just have to keep adding stuff in there and now it's you know the buyer's agent must accompany the buyer to all showings to inspections they cannot pass the key along at the at the showing. Somebody shows up after them, they have to put it back in the box and let that person retrieve the key so that you have a, a record of who's Braille. going in and out. Yeah. Um, you know, don't don't be rude, don't be a jerk. I mean, like it's it's gotten to the point where it's just ridiculous. The amount we're almost running out of space in these broker remarks. <laughs> well, you know. Yes, I understand. Rachel, yes. We'll so, have a referral for you in Chicago. What is the best way to get a hold of you? Best way to reach me is by cell phone at 630-542-8688 or at uh, via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com. Awesome. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Jen. Bye.